This coming week, Arav Yom Kippurim, is the yard site of Moreno, Rabbi Yitzhak Zev, Salavechik. The nickname known in yeshivas, Rabbi the Gris, almost requires no further elaboration. The Gris, of course, the son of Reb Chaim of Brisk, was born on Chav Tishrei. The date will be important a little later, in 1886, in the city of Alajan. Being brought up in the house of Reb Chaim meant that he was involved in learning Torah at a very young age. A child who showed such great intelligence was expected to learn difficult topics, present his own original ideas from a very, very young age. His bar mitzvah speech was on Sukkot. The topic was about putting on tefillin on Cholamoy. He wrote the speech by himself, so much delved into the sugya that people who were known to be the Tamidei Chachamim were so impressed that they changed their particular minhag of putting on tefillin based on, on his analysis of the sugya. In one of the biographies of Revelville, the author quotes that his older brother, Rav Moshe Salavechik, who was the father of Rav Yosef Dov Halevi from Boston, Rav Moshe, the older brother of Velvel, had a custom of putting on tefillin chalamayit. But when his younger brother said this shir at his own bar mitzvah, it convinced him not to put on tefillin anymore on chalamayit. The brisker tradition of not putting on tefillin chalamayit has been apparently the subject of some dispute. In the Haggadah of the, that's called the Haggadah Lebeis Brisk, they say that the reason they didn't put on tefillin on Cholamoid is because they felt that anyway you're supposed to wear tefillin all day. So we're mavatal the mitzvah by not wearing tefillin all day. So there's no inherent difference of skipping a day of tefillin. And since there is a machlokas whether to put on tefillin Cholamoid, you might as well accept the opinion not to. The Rav, Rav, Moshe, Rav Yosef Dov HaLevi Salavechik, printed in his sefer, in the shiurim that he printed, the Zecher Abba Mari, in the memory of his, of his father, Rav Moshe, he mentioned there that the biscuit tradition had been not to put on tefillin because they paskin that there was Kedusha Sayyam of, of Cholamoid. And that Kedusha Sayyam prohibited one from putting on tefillin, not because of any suffix, but because they were machriya. The story that Rav Moshe put on tefillin until the brisker Rav gave the Bar Mitzvah is said printed in the in the book of the biography of the brisker Rav. One of the biographies, which was written in uh, originally in Hebrew and translated into English by a fellow named Meller, Rabbi uh, Shimon Yosef Meller, told the story this way. The Biskarov, uh, as I said, grew up as a child and he was known to be a, a, a an Ilui. Someone said he really was never an Ilui because he was a gone from childhood. An Ilui usually said about a person who's young, a little bit wild, a little bit almost eccentric, but uh, very, very bright. And uh, eventually the Ilui straightens out and becomes a gone. They said about the Biskarov that he was a gone from the, from the time of childhood. He never went through the stage of being an Ilui. He... Uh, was married at a fairly uh, 
in 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 Beis Shvat of 1910, when he was approximately 24 years old. He married the granddaughter of the Imrebina to a very well-known rabbinic family, and obviously spent those years learning. The the son of Reb Chaim took his father's place at fairly young age. In 1918, Reb Chaim was nifter, and they appointed the Briskerov to be the Rav of Brisk, and that's the, the name that he was called, is the Briskerov. He became the Rav of Brisk in 1918. He was involved in the world of Chesed, of Brisk, which of course was a family tradition. People used to say about Reb Chaim that he was a gone, of course, in learning, but he was a gone in chesed. And uh, sometimes they talked about the fact that he, when the Matseva of Reb Chaim, they wanted to say hachosid, that he was very involved in Gemilas Chasadim, the advice of the family was anybody who was involved in Rabbanus has to understand the primary, primary responsibility of the Rav, of the town, is to be involved in Gemilas Chasadim, and the stories, of course, are legendary about the chesed done both by his father, Reb Chaim, and both by Reb Velvel in the city of Brisk. However, at the same time, in Brisk, he continued spreading Torah and his particular style of Lamdis, the Brisker Derech. I personally knew some of the Talmidim who were famous in the yeshivas of Europe, who used to go for a while to study, to get the Brisker Derech, and used to go to Reb Velvel. Rav Fishman, uh, one of my chavrusas, uh, was Tzvi Fishman, his father, went to learn by the Briskerov. Rav Gurelik, a Rebbe in Mayu, in Yeshiva University that I spoke about a few weeks ago, went and he spent a few years learning by the Briskerov. Rav Simcha Kaplan, who later became the Rav of Tzvat, was also one of the people from the, who learned in the Mir, but he wanted to learn by Rav Velvel as well. There was a Chabur of people who were later known as great Gedolim, great Rosh Yeshiva, who were Talmidim of Rebelville, and to them he was the person that they always called the Rav. When Rav Gerelik talked about the Rav, it was known that he meant Rebelville, the Brisker Rav. When the plight of the Jews in Europe turned very precarious, to put it mildly, the uh, people all looked for a way to get out of Europe, in um, approximately 1941, 1940, 1941, the Biskerov, as well as a group of other people, looked for a place and a way to get out. Um, there was a Rav in Montreal, who people were given going to be given certificates to leave the country. And obviously there was a major line in the uh, office and uh, it was obviously a time of utter confusion and chaos. People really desperate to try to reach the line where the Briskerov came in and he took his place in the end of the line. Uh, Leigh Barron told me that people offered the Briskerov to switch places with them, to give them their place in line. And uh, as is typical... Uh, of the Bisker approach to Chesed, the Bisker chose to meet us, Revelville refused and waited in line according to the line when he came in. And eventually he did get a certificate 
And he decided to go to Eretz Yisrael. There was a big discussion whether people should go to America or people should go to Eretz Yisrael. The Biskarov chose Eretz Yisrael because he felt that the religious situation in Eretz Yisrael was much better than it would be in America, although he disapproved very, very strongly of Zionism. And he really wanted nothing to do with the Zionist movement at all, but he nevertheless felt he wanted to come to live in Eretz Yisrael, to come to live in Yerushalayim. When he did come to Eretz Yisrael, he arrived in Eretz Yisrael on Chaf Aleph Shvat of 1941. He came, the first arrived in Haifa, came eventually to Yerushalayim. The... Uh, respect that he was shown immediately when he came in. Let's remember, in 1941, he was already known as the Gadol. He was not uh, that young. He was about 55 years old. And the Gedolei Yerushalayim welcomed him. There was a misibah, a special ceremony to welcome him, where the, some of the guests were Rav Yaakov Moshe Chalap, Rav Zaman Meltzer, Rav Tzvi Pesach Frank. And these people put up a sign that Ari Alami Bavel, this giant of Torah, came to live in Eretz Yisrael from, from, from the Gola. He moved, of course, to Yerushalayim and lived in a very simple uh, apartment in Yerushalayim, began to learn with people in Yerushalayim. The kolel that was known as the kolel brisk specialized in learning kachim. And this was, had been a tradition in the brisker family to learn kachim. And his kolel was a, a, a small kolel at first. Today, there are branches and branches. There are the many different branches of the brisker kolel, and it's known as a, a place of learning where primarily kachim is still learned. Many of the talmidim that learned by the brisker rav at that time became, in their own rights, rashi yeshiva, gedolim in the world. I, for example, learned in Karim Biavna and Rav Goldvecht, Rav uh, Chaim Yaakov Goldvecht was the um, Rosh Hashiva of Karambiavna, the founding Rosh Hashiva, and he always prided himself upon being a Talmud of the Biskarov. He used to walk around saying he was a Talmud of the Biskarov. He also learned by the Chazonish. But the first day that I came to Karambiavna, Rav Goldvecht called me into the office and told me a piece of Torah, a very well-known piece of Torah by, by Rav Velvel about uh, Kibud Harav. The difference between Kibbut Harav and Kibbut Harav HaMufak. And he read it into the Rambam in a way that seems so conclusive that this is exactly what the Rambam meant. One of the styles that people appreciate by Revelvel is after Revelvel pointed it out, people could understand So, what was so difficult. It was just so obvious. The genius of Revelvel, the brisker genius, was to say, almost show things that were so obvious, but for some reason, nobody had ever mentioned it before. When I understood the Chiddush, I was a young boy coming to Karim Biavna, Rav Goldvich told me very proudly, this is a Chiddush he personally heard from Rav Velvel, and he said to me, when I told him that not only had I heard about Rav Velvel, but the year or so before I had come to Karim Biavna, Rav Velvel had passed away. And I went to the Hespid, that Rav Salavechik, Moreno Rav Yosef Dov Halevi Salavechik, gave for his uncle, the Biskarov, Rav Goldvecht wanted me to repeat him as much as I could remember from that Hesped. Of course, that Hesped, which the Rav eloquently delivered, 
when his uncles, when his, after his uncles, uh, Shloshim, was printed and became uh, some an essay that's learned for many, many reasons. The whole approach to the, bris, to the brisker derech is expounded upon there. In the, the difference between Erisin and Nesuin is mentioned there in a footnote. There are Chidushe Torah that were put in at the same time. People who remember well mention that there other parts of the Hes- of the Hesped that were not even written, that were just said at the time. But Rav Goldvecht was a Talmud of the Brisker Rav. One of the uh, other Talmudim that I knew personally was a person named Nerbe Elia Horovitz, who lives in Yerushalayim. And he recounted a story to me about the Brisker Rav, which is also very typical of the Briskers. His wife, Rav Elia Horovitz's wife, gave birth to twins just before Yom Kippur. Um, he went to the Biskarov to tell him of the uh, good news that his wife had had uh, twins. So the Biskarov said to him, it was just before Yom Kippur, he said to him, Mazel tov, Mazel tov, but please do me a personal favor and make sure that your wife eats, Yom, eats on Yom Kippur. She just had twins, she's a chola, she sakana, please make sure that she eats on Yom Kippur. Rav uh, Rebelli Horowitz said to him, of course I'll do what the Rav said, but I don't understand why you phrased it and said, do me a personal favor. Well, you should tell the halach is, she should eat. What do you mean by, you said, do me a personal favor? So Rebelli said to him, I know your wife, she's a great sitkanist, she's a, a, an enical, she was a granddaughter of the Adares, a very, very fine uh, woman in her own right, and a tremendous miyucheses. And he said, I know who she is. And she's going to say that she's not going to eat in Yom Kippur. And I'm going to have to go and feed her on Yom Kippur. And I simply don't have the physical strength, I don't have the kalach to go on Yom Kippur to feed her. Therefore, I'm going to ask you, please do me a personal favor to make sure that she eats, and therefore I don't have to come myself to feed her. The hesped that I alluded to before, of course, is a masterpiece that the Rav proclaimed about his uncle, that he wasn't the Godel Hadar, merely, he was the Yochid Hadar, the one person, the unique person of his time. And everybody who was there remembers the Rav banging on the shtender and screaming, Lo Chein Avdi Moshe. What made Moshe so unique was that particular phrase, Lo Chein Avdi Moshe, he was one of a kind. It wasn't that he was greater or not greater than someone else. He was one of a kind. Sui generis. And the Rav said this about his uncle, Lo Revelvel, Lo Avdi Moshe. His Gaonis was unquestioned. His Sitkis and his Mediktukim B'mitzvahs are, is, is legendary. His personality, where he fought battles, specifically, he was very much opposed to Zionism, Religious Zionism was not in his vocabulary at all. And the Rav somehow had to try to come to grips with that in that particular essay that he wrote about his uncle. These were the unique qualities of the Biskarov. Many Svarim were written about him. Many books and many articles and many Hespedim had been printed about him. He himself was not very excited about printing his own Svarim. He was the, the typical brisker tradition was a great reluctance to print their own chidushim. We today have the chidushim agrees on the Rambam. We also have the chidushim agrees on Chumash. Whether people are excited 
about this Svarim is unquestioned. Whether the Biskar Rav himself would have been very happy about printing this Svarim may be questioned. Rav Zevin, in his book, Ishim Vishitot, where he mentions the Rav Velvel included in that great list of Gedolim that he wrote about in Ishim Vishitot. He wrote about Reb Esezalmen and, uh, and the Nitziv and uh, the Chazonish and Reb Velvel and Reb Chaim. So he says there that per, even if the Biskarov wasn't so happy about the Svarim, they just present a tremendous, tremendous uh, resource and asset to the Torah world. The uh, Svarim, I said, will live on forever, but apparently the complete approach to brisk is carried on by the kolalim, by the various kolalim that we find in Yerushalayim. The brisker derech, of course, is legendary and continues to be perhaps the main approach in almost every yeshiva of the world today, including the Hasidish yeshivas. Many of them have already begun to adapt to the brisker derech. The brisker derech, the son of Reb Chaim, was the continuation of Reb Chaim. He blazed his own trail in Lamdis. He blazed his own, tra- his own trail in Sitkas and in Chesed. And of course, he will be remembered forever.